For Your Reconsideration is proudly part of the Flickering Myth Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another, I'm going to say it, super episode of For Your Reconsideration, the film podcast which hacks through the thick jungle foliage of contemporary film criticism to re-examine long-forgotten and oft-maligned cinematic specimens. I'm Rob and here are Simon and James. Good evening, laddies. Hello. Good evening, Robert. Good evening to you both. How are you? I'm great, mate. I'm great. How are you, dudes? Yeah. Wicked, thank you. Watched anything decent? I had a bit of a treat this week. So a listener by the name of Lawrence Fuller slid into the DMs and asked us to take a look at a short film he starred in by the name of Echoes of You. And I'm very glad that he did. So the film is directed by Henry Kilichi, which I hope I'm pronouncing correctly. Uh, It's about an aspiring classical pianist who finds his greatest fulfilment in an unlikely place. It's a really lovely film. It's beautifully shot, performed and scored. I would urge our listeners to check it out. Uh, The film is available to stream for free over at lawrencefuller.art forward slash echoes of you. It's well worth 18 minutes of your time. And thank you, Lawrence, for bringing that to our attention. Yeah, thanks, Lawrence. I I, uh, checked it out as well. What a lovely, sweet little piece that is. Really nice. Yeah. Great stuff. Thank you for that. Awesome. Say, si, what about you? Yeah, I've, I've, I've caught up with some good stuff, but um, I really want to talk about, as we all know, I'm like really terrible with horror movies. Like <laughs> I can't, can't stand them normally as I just get like too scared in a sort of has to leave the light on while sleeping for a week kind of way. <laughs> but like with, um, with Ari Aster's new film, Midsummer coming out uh, recently, uh, which has seemed to do doing really well. My curiosity just got the better of me, so I plucked up the courage to watch Hereditary. Oh, oh my God, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Um, oh, it's brilliant. It's so I, I'm good. desperate, desperate to see it. It's just not had the chance yet. Is it what you'd recommend? It's brilliant. There's so much inventiveness in terms of like general filmmaking and not just exclusive to like horror filmmaking. Cool, cool. Um, it's so creative, so inventive. Yes, it's creepy as shit, and I <laughs> did leave the light on when I went to sleep. <laughs> uh, it's brilliant. It's really, really bloody good. Really bloody good. Wicked, wicked. Uh, I, I'm going to keep it dead brief, but I, I did watch Creed 2, uh, which after our sort of eulogising Rocky episode seemed to make a lot of sense. And that movie, oh my word, it was everything I wanted it to be, and it made me cry to a level I'm not happy admitting on a public podcast. Um, but So that's really good. And it's on Netflix right now, which considering it's not been out very long, that's really really good i just wanted to give a quick shout out to a book actually and there's a reason for this because i don't often talk about the books that i'm reading on here because it's a film podcast isn't it but i'm reading david kep the screenwriter's debut novel ah, yeah it's out in september i've managed to grab grab an early read of it it is amazing and it reads just like a movie it is going to be huge it's going to be absolutely huge it's called cold storage um and it's out from hq stories here in the uk uh in uh yeah before before christmas time so it's going to be massive like I think um at the minute I'm thinking like Jaws Jurassic Park meets um Outbreak. You remember that that movie with Dustin Hoffman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with that real huge blockbuster quality. It's excellent. Really good. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, we'll keep an eye out for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean I, I was also thinking this week, um having watched the other thing obviously that we're watching, this movie this week features an amazing turn from a um a child actor. Oh yes, it? Um, it really does. Cinema sadly has not always been graced with great kids on screen <laughs> who can usually range from the merely annoying to the absolutely profoundly evil. Um so I got I got thinking about my kids like um that movie Daddy Daycare with Eddie Murphy. And I've got to admit I like it very much too. So I got then thinking about what if each one of us took over 
from Eddie Murphy, and we had to pick the one cinematic kid that we didn't want to arrive at our daycare centre. Oh, only one. <laughs> <laughs> well, how many have you got? James has got a bucket full of references. <laughs> Strap in, lads. We're going deep. I mean, the Speed Racer kid has got to be in it, surely. <laughs> oh, I've forgotten all about him. Yeah, Such yeah. is the length and breadth of my list. <laughs> James, it feels like you want to start here. You go for it. I think I mentioned on a uh, on a past podcast that I wasn't a fan of the Goonies, and I didn't yes. just mean the movie. I would heave the entire gaggle of Goonies into the sea. <laughs> Horrible, horrible children. Every single one of them. Mikey, Chunk, Mouth and Data get in the bin, then get in the ocean. Absolute horrors. Just running around screaming their heads off. Oh, disgraceful. Since you mentioned that, James, I noticed um, there was like a question posed on the film Twitter hashtag on on Twitter, obviously. And it was something like, what's your unpopular opinion on movies? And one of them was like, the Goonies hate it. They just shout. It's just two hours of shouting. And the amount of people, the amount of people, it was, the replies were more, I agree, yep, totally hate the Goonies. And I was like, what? Wow. This is mental. Like, there's this mass hatred towards the Goonies now. I uh, felt like through my teens and 20s, I couldn't express this opinion, but now I'm old enough and grumpy enough to say, <laughs> I hate those children. I don't like them at all. But the one, if I could only pick one, I wouldn't pick any of the Goonies. They'd escape by the uh, skin of their teeth. There's a bit more of a left field choice. I'm going for Tyler, the rapping reprobate from M. Night Shyamalan. Man's oh visit. my god! Oh, oh my god. god! I hate that kid so much. Don't you can't spring that on me when I've got a mouthful <laughs> of water, man. Theory me, that's unbelievable. I'd totally forgotten him. Oh, oh my god! I totally forgotten about. He him. must be yeah. the most annoying child ever <laughs> on film. Oh my god! Does it ruin that movie? Because that's a pretty good that's movie, but movie, he just every time he's on screen, he's rapping like, "What are you doing?" You is little... it not? I mean, he oh, can... it's horrendous. He, he is pretty good at spitting bars, though. Do we not? <laughs> <laughs> Let um, me just say something pretty bad happens. I don't want to spoil it for any of the listeners who haven't uh, who haven't seen the visit, but something pretty bad happens to him towards the end. Right? You shouldn't be cheering in that scenario when that act happens to him. <laughs> so yeah, he's my pick. Uh, very good. We, That's we have a very Tyler. Good one. Tyler arrives at um, for your reconsideration, Daddy Daycare. He's a bit old for daycare as well, to be fair. <laughs> Going off his behaviour, I think he needs all the help he can get. So, <laughs> Sai, have you got any 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 uh, infants you want to bring to the table? Uh, it's really like uh, the the one the ones what immediately popped to mind were obviously the um, Charlie the Chocolate Factory ones. Veruca Salt is a right little shit, but um, <laughs> that's more that's more uh, literature bratty child rather than film bratty child. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna have to say. I love this movie so much. It's absolutely amazing and really of a time. And it's such a perfect, like, old school movie to go back to. But the child, the son of Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weiss in The Mummy Returns. Oh, I hate that kid. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's a dick. He's so he's much an annoying. Dick. He's, just, he's just in his little, like, public schoolboy uh, outfit the whole time, being really posh and annoying, like, little know-it-all. It's like, you, you little dick. <laughs> Sorry, you little dick, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's really harsh. He's a child. <laughs> not anymore, he's not. That movie came out ages ago. Oh, I, I enjoyed that a lot. Um, so we've got, I mean, this is a strong lineup. 
you know, straight away. I, I'm torn between two persons. I mean, because you've got obviously like you've got those who'd be a proper nightmare, like like Damien. Uh, from the Omen. I mean, that, oh, yeah, no one yeah, wants pretty, to be. Yeah. Or the, the kid from Problem Child would also be bad. Dennis. Oh, I forgot you know, about Problem Dennis Child. I know, exactly. Yeah. He'd be bad. He'd be bad. Um, I'm thinking that um, for pure irritation, um, the kid that took over from Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone, uh, Alex <gasps> D. Lintz in Home Alone oh, 3. That's a good one. That is he, a good it, one. That was profoundly irritating. But for, for sheer pain in the backside, you know, bearing in mind that we've got to look after him for a day, um, I'm going to go with <laughs> Adam from <laughs> from Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. <laughs> Get away from the microwave. No, he's 10 foot bigger. We have to be on alert all day, and I'm going nowhere near the diapers on that kid. So... <laughs> When he comes to daycare, is he blown up version? No. So is this? <laughs> yeah, here's my hundred foot, foot monster child. <laughs> I mean, either way, it's, you are not happy when the then when Mrs. Zelinsky, Diana, if I remember rightly from the movie, uh, rings up and says, "Have you got a spare space? Yeah, we got a spare space for one child. No, hundred foot monster, get out of here." Yeah, because I was going to say, if you've left the enlarging rate. Uh, unattended in your daycare, Rob. That's very much on you. You can't blame the parent for that. I mean, it's a sackable offence, really, isn't it? (laughs) Good. I'm glad. uh, Well, you know, I I think what we've learned from this is we're not going to be opening a daycare centre. I think that's... No, no. Or if we do, we're going to be very selective with our our admissions. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we're not fit to run anything. Um, I enjoyed that. Uh, Thank you for answering that, boys. I, I do think of these, you know get stuck on a topic all week and need to find an answer. Um, but it is time to move on to this week's movie and what a movie we've got. Whose pick was it this week? Uh, it was mine and I'm over the moon that we've been able to watch this particular film as it is one of my favourites. So I have chosen for us the 2004 Tony Scott Denzel Washington film Man on Fire. It tells the story of John W. Creasy, a former assassin who swears vengeance against the kidnappers of Mexico City after they wrong the family he was hired to protect. Have you protected a lot of children before, Mr. Creasy? I don't know. Bodyguards gotta be close to people. You know, I'm no good at that. He's a silent type. People are gonna appreciate that. 16 years of military experience, extensive counter-terrorism work. What happened to your hand? It's a birth defect. No, it's not. No more questions, that's it. Period, you hear me? Peter just wants to be friends. I regret that your profession needs to exist. So do I, Marjorie. He's like a bear. Yeah? Big, sad bear. Good things happen too, Tracy. Yeah? Like what? Like meeting me. <laughs> Gracie, you're smiling. Peter! Peter! I'm gonna go get her. 
Anybody who profited from it, anybody who opens their eyes at me. I'm gonna kill him. Tell me about Chrissy. I'd like to understand him. A man can be an artist in anything. It depends on how good he is at it. Chrissy's art is death. He's about to paint his masterpiece. Consider my appetite whetted. Well, no, I've seen it. So, I, you know, it's sated. And boy, did I sate. I don't, that doesn't even make sense. Uh, James, why did you pick this this week? Well, uh, firstly, Simon said on a couple of episodes back that he hadn't seen it before. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. simply couldn't abide that. It's absolutely outrageous. And <laughs> I, I'm, I'm nothing if not a person who won't force my likes onto my friends. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> luckily we have this podcast to, uh, as the perfect arena to do that. Uh, so secondly, as I've sort of hinted at already, Tony Scott is one of my favourite directors. Uh, so this won't be the last time we go to Tony Town. Uh, I will go to bat for any of his films. And I include Domino in that. Oh, oh, Domino. With the Kira Knightley, Knightley, yeah, yeah. yeah. My name is Domino Harvey. I'm a bounty hunter. Uh, yes. <laughs> I sound like John Ronson. <laughs> <laughs> My name is John Ronson. I'm a journalistic bounty hunter, forensically investigating <laughs> Fabian and his empire of freakborn. <laughs> hey, you leave John Ronson alone. The saint of a man. I love John <laughs> Ronson. He's amazing. Uh, no, I'd I'd never I'd never seen it. I'm really glad that you brought this one in, James, because I I just love watching films I haven't seen before. Uh, so this yeah, was one really. of the few we've done so far for me anyway, which I haven't seen. So it was good yeah, to go great. in and be completely like blank page, no idea what was going. Did you, did you know, you know no anything? Was going, so. Did you know anything at all? Not really, because I think I mentioned to to you both in in text messages that I kept thinking when you were saying "Man on Fire." Uh, was it that old Vin Diesel film? Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it has a very what? similar title, doesn't it? Yeah, what's it called? A Man Apart. It's called a Man Apart. Man Apart. Yeah. yeah. So I kept thinking it was that, and then when <laughs> when you said it was no, it was a Tony Scott Denzel Washington joint. I was like, <laughs> how have I never seen this film? Like, like yeah. So um, yeah, I was, I was, I was really jazzed to watch it. Awesome, awesome. Um, in terms of um, yeah, the criteria that we have. Well, let's start with with budget. I mean, James, while we're on with you, like, how, how did this do? Uh, pretty well, actually. Uh, for an R-rated violent revenge drama, 130 million worldwide off a 70 million budget. Oh, cool! And it was Denzel. also Denzel, Denzel, Denzel. man, So this is three years after Training Day, so he's pretty hot at the at that time, Denzel. Yeah. He, I mean, has he never not been? I don't know. I really. don't think he's ever not been hot. Unbelievable. Also, the it was the number one home video title of that year. Oh was wow! It? wow. Mojo, so it smashed it when it went to home video wow. as well. So, so it did. It didn't qualify on the uh, on numbers side. Did it qualify via word of mouth and critical reception? Oh yes, it was the critics what have uh, put this into for your reconsideration territory. This might be the biggest swing we've done in terms of critical and audience reception. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes thirty nine percent critical. <laughs> 89% audience. That is... That, it's absurd, isn't it? Yeah, similar story. Metacritic, 47 out of 100, so slightly higher, but 8.8 user. 
I would check the letterbox scores for you, but unfortunately at this moment in time, letterbox is down, so I can't. Oh, really? Oh, no. Yeah. Live technical issues. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> the perils uh, of live absolutely, audio. Absolutely good, absolutely good on that front. But yeah, like to me, that just says, which, I, which I'm sure you guys agree, my opinion of Tony Scott has always been that he's a bit of a people's champ. Yeah. yeah. Audiences love his movies when necessarily the critics don't. You yeah. Know? Uh, he's he's a he's very much a people pleaser, Definitely. Without a doubt, um, yeah. and there seems to be no no exception on that. And you know the the, the general average figures, the sweeping statement figures, kind of prove that. So yeah, yeah. Awesome. It's sort of, I read online somewhere, and I forget where I've read this. So it's not my quote, but someone said that Ridley's the artist and Tony's the entertainer. Oh, that's a good could, that's a good description. It's a good one, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, that works. Ridley's got a couple of masterpieces under his belt. Um, you know, Alien and. Blade Runner, but has he got anything that's as exciting as Top Gun? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have a super homoerotic volleyball scene, that's for sure. Nothing. No, no. Imagine he Alien just had that to Baby Brother. <laughs> that just like made it on the cutting room floor for Alien, like they had a midpoint <laughs> volleyball session <laughs> on the <Yeah>. Strobo. <laughs> I I would I would watch Bill Paxton and uh, um, Michael Vine do that. No, no worries. That's aliens. No that's sweat. aliens. That's uh, that's. Thingy. Oh God, that's James that's Cameron, Cameron, isn't it? What? Oh, idiot. How dare you? Idiot. <laughs> I host a film podcast. <laughs> uh, but I, I would, I would. Incidentally, I would also watch that. You know, just, just put it out. There. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good, good. Thanks for bailing me out there, bud. <laughs> um, so, just on the critical one, uh, I was uh, sort of so how I sort of go through picks for this is I'll just sort of Google a director and then go on Rotten Tomatoes and see, you know, if what they're, and Tony Scott's got loads of rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely has, outrageous. Uh, and then so I, I was like, I can't believe that Man on Fire is is not certified fresh. I just can't believe no, it. No, I, I don't understand that. I was looking through uh, some of the reviews and, uh, I came across our old mate Pete Bradshaw from The Guardian. Oh, nice. What's his metaphors this time? <laughs> so if you don't mind remember Pete Bradshaw, he's of uh, baking his head in Greg's kitchen uh, <laughs> fame from the uh, yes. from our John Carter episode. I'm so happy um, he's back. Welcome back. He describes it as Tony Scott's yucky new thriller, which is baby yeah, Yucky. <laughs> yucky. <laughs> then he gave it one star. Wow, one star. <laughs> harsh, harsh. I think, like... To take on the other side of this, which I was quite interested in this when I was looking at Rotten Tomatoes, Richard Roper from Ebert and Roper, you know, very, very highly regarded on stateside in terms of, you know, Ebert being considered Mm. the best movie critic ever. Their website, uh, I didn't quite get the actual scoring, but it it was classed as the positive side. Yeah, uh, Richard Roper said, I'm recommending Man on Fire for that bold style. It's unapologetic comic book story arc and the great performances from Denzel Washington, Christopher Walken and a young Dakota Fanning. So, yeah, I'm I'm with Richard on this one, definitely. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, you liked it then, Sam? Oh, God, I spoiled it straight away. Oh, no, uh, we'll leave it as a mystery. (laughs) No, I'm so relieved. relieved. It's always a little bit worrying when one of us hasn't seen the film before. Yeah, yeah, we don't know where it's going to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, you liked it. So, I mean, I, I'm going to say full on that. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I did. I mean, I had, I yeah. did have a couple of you know niggles with it, but oh yeah, so do I. On yeah, the whole, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, yeah, I was, I was, I was in yeah. from the off. I thought it was, I thought it was ace. Awesome, awesome. So when, when it was released, what year is it again? Two thousand and four, I think. It is two thousand and four. Yeah. And for context, what came out about the same time? 
Um, well, it's uh, there was Kill Bill Volume Two was out that year ah. as well. So there was quite a few revenge films out that yeah, year. Yeah. But this, this, as I say, this did really well. Did at good the box business, office. yeah. So it did. Um, it did what you would expect a, a no, an R-rated violent action movie. Yeah, well, I don't. I don't think it really is an action movie. It's more of a thriller. It, yeah, drama, I know what you mean. Really. It has yeah. action beats, but it's more about the story and uh, the revenge. Is a sort of a vengeance tale, isn't it? Yeah. Hi, I'm George, and I'm Sam, and we're from the That's a Classic podcast on the Flickr and Myth Network. We both bring three films each from a certain genre, and we battle it out to find out which is the ultimate classic. So you can listen to us on Flickr and Myth, iTunes, or Spotify. Check out what classic we choose every week. Uh, I I loved from the moment it started because um, I suppose we should move on to talking about the movie as well. Now we know it did great. Yeah, absolutely. We know it. The critics didn't like it, but the audience did. Um, as soon as we start, I'm seeing the lovely 20th Century Fox logo, the lovely Scott Free logo, the lovely Regency logo, and I'm thinking I'm in good I, hands here. I I'm sold yes. every time I see that Scott Free intro. It's fucking beautiful. Yeah, it's so lovely. It's lovely isn't like, it? every time. I forget what it is. And then it comes on and I'm like, oh, I feel warm and fuzzy inside. It's just lovely. It's, <laughs> but it's, it's, like, it's like you know you're in for a good ride, don't you? You know it's yeah. going to have things you're going to enjoy in it. And it's a lovely pun for their production it company is, as well. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. We do like a good pun here. <laughs> They're clever, though, Scott boys. <laughs> clever. Clever boys. Yeah, they really yeah, are. go far, then, lads. Well, Tony won't. But... Oh, bless him. God rest his soul. God rest his soul. This is for you, Tony. This is for you. This, yeah, we're <laughs> yes. repping. We're repping, buddy. We're going to celebrate the man by discussing his great movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's that graphic comes up saying that every 60 minutes in Mexico City, there's um, a kidnapping that only has a 70% survival rate, which is, I mean, it's bonkers as a stat. Absolutely bonkers. Yes. I know the stat itself will be at the time of the movie, so 15 years ago, but I can't imagine it being that much different. No. I mean, I've not fact-checked it. It was in a movie. It must be true. Oh yeah, if it's in, if it's in uh, serif font on the start of a movie, then it's it's true. Not a black background, as opposed to you know. Can you imagine if they'd done that same font in Comic Sans? <laughs> Not taking that seriously. Where'd you pull that, that fact from? There's um, certainly a lot of fonts in this movie. He does. He loves his. There uh, really his, is, his, isn't his there? On-screen text in this film. He's having a lovely old time, isn't he, with the loves subtitles it. and everything? Because quite a lot's in Spanish. Like, yeah, yeah. He's, no, I, I he's did actually. You know, this this topic of the kidnapping. I did look into it because at the end, there's a there's a lot of. Um, in the credits, reference to thanking the police departments in and around Mexico. And um, apparently, yeah, the chief of police or police figures over there were, were really back in this movie because they wanted to raise awareness for the problem. So with their involvement, I would imagine that that, you know, kidnap statistic is probably pretty accurate, which is unbelievable to get your head around. Immediately, you're hit with the um, very distinctive visual and editing style of the film here, aren't you? I was I was thinking of you, Sai, with your uh, professional eye looking That's at this. Bizarre, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really wanted to get your take on it. It's very, very stylized, isn't it? Yeah. In terms of my editing style, it's not how I do it because I just can't. I haven't got the patience for that sort of thing. Like, I did look up the editor on this. It was the, Well, it's a Tony Scott... Um, He's Tony Scott alumni. He's worked on most of his films as edit- as the editor. Right. Yeah. Oh, God, he had his work cut out for this. It's nuts. It's absolutely mental. Yeah. And you think, like, you go, oh, it's just a sort of tone setter and it, this is just an intro. 
uh, nope, this is the whole film. Like this, this yeah. over stylized. I'd love to see what a, like um, an average of shot length in this film. It's probably something ridiculously small, like one point two seconds or one point one <laughs> seconds or something like that. You know that the average time that the camera doesn't cut to somewhere else. How much coverage must he be shooting for all this footage to cut together? Like he must be doing fifty setups a day. It's absolutely yeah. And I think that, like yeah. you know, we briefly touched on the sort of on-screen subtitles as well. Is you know, it is an early 2000s sort of vibe. And, you know, I'm sure at the time it was very uh, original and quite pioneering because we see it a lot yeah, nowadays. Yeah. But, you know, back then when um, editing was, was more sort of linear and more more basic, to, to then go in and do these really, really stylized cuts and yeah. uh, flashy, frenetic montages. And yeah. uh, Christian Wagner was the editor, by the way, just to, to, cool. to give him a, his well-deserved name check. Mame. Yeah, he worked for it. He worked for Oh, he definitely did, movie. definitely did. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I said before I, I had I had a few niggles. This was one of them. I did think he did it a bit too much, but yeah. uh, you know, in terms of the boldness of it and the execution of it is excellent. You can't fault how well yeah. it's done, and it does really quickly build the style and tone of the film. And it's it's really yeah, it's it does, really it? gr- gritty and grimy and um, really frenetic. That opening with the kidnapping and he, he, he mixes oh, up yeah. frame rates and it's all like really like slow shutter speed. So it's all like, oh, like ja- you know, really jarring and jaggedy and all over the place. And yeah, it's supposed to represent Creasy's mental and physical state throughout. Mm. But he's ah. also, you know, Tony Scott, uh, I remember I went to see this at the cinema when it came out, and I can uh, I can say at the time the visual style really jolted me out of my seat. Like, I, yeah. now it seems a bit old hat, but at the time it was very, very yeah. Edge. I think and so. Tony yeah. Scott was always on that on that um, cutting edge and always trying to change his style up as well. Yeah. Like his movies do go through a progression from the late eighties yeah, into yeah, the nineties, and then this was him getting into the two thousands and changing it up. Yeah, and he'd used this style again for Deja Vu, uh, yeah. another Denzel star, and yeah. the uh, aforementioned Domino as well. Where he, God, do you think it's on? You think he's using it a lot in this one? Domino, it's like twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> And you just had me thinking then, because in 2004, you know, as a point for comparison, another film we've done on the pod, on the pod, <laughs> on the Christmas pod, <laughs> on the pod, is um, the, pun- the Punisher, the Punisher. <laughs> yes, the Punisher. no, it does. So it think does, of it how does. clean, because the, the, the Punisher looked so clean, yeah, yeah. didn't it? You know, yeah. and crisply lit, whereas this is, oh, it's crazy. You know, this is it's kinetic and hella urgent. Yeah. I picked up the word hella this week, um... I was opening a nice little segue. I was opening a, a high school library and uh, one of the kids was asked what he thought about it and he said, I was hella sick. <laughs> kids. <laughs> you know, he needs to get in that library I, by himself. <laughs> hella sick. Um, honestly, as, as an aside, you'd be amazed, lads, at the amount of kids I ask what they want to be when they grow up and they say now say a YouTuber. Oh, anyway, wow. that's another thing wow. because we're also trying to, you know, milk listeners and subscribers and viewers. <laughs> <laughs> I can't could be, be worse. It could say they want to be podcasters. Uh, yeah, while, and while this uh, opening edit's going on, we're getting the names, aren't we, of this cast, which is a sensational cast. It the is. cast is unbelievable. It really is. Let's uh, raise a glass and welcome uh, Christopher Walken back to the pod. After <laughs> Do you know what? Like, I put this in my notes. 
Walken is so sprightly in this. And just Oh, he's loving it. He's brilliant. When we first meet him and Denzel, Denzel's really gruff and gaunt looking and you know, he's a lost man, oh, isn't he? Looks he looks ace, doesn't he? The, I love the way he looks. He's got the haunted past facial hair going on. He has, has he does, yeah. 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 This is a pod classic, yeah. isn't he's it? He's getting pissed up in the back. <laughs> he's getting pissed up in the back of Chris Walken's 4x4. Yeah, and then uh, he goes <laughs> to a... Does he go to a family barbecue? <laughs> he does go to a family barbecue. Excellent. He does. And, you know, he's sort of quite inappropriate with the ladies in attendance, you know, a little bit, you know... Yeah, Walken. Uh, it was great to see Walken. So, uh, I mean, he's always a joy to watch anyway. But he's just—he is, isn't he? He was so fresh-faced and lovely in this. I was just—I was like, oh, yes, Walken. I, lo- I loved him in this. I was. I d- yeah, he's, he's really great. Good. He's so good. And um, you've got um, Radha Mitchell is back. Another alumni, oh, another, another one, podcast yeah. alumni. Yes. Yeah. Welcome back, Radha. Yeah, um, great to see her in a big Hollywood movie as well. And big, uh, I love the three names here. Rachel Tocotin, who, uh, you know, fans of action movies will will remember as um, being the love interest in Total Recall. Oh, is um, that her? Oh, my, yeah, I, I man. recognised her. And I was like, who That's is this That's such great woman? casting, that. Oh it's my God, so yeah. good, isn't it? Oh, and and she's brilliant in this. Mickey Rourke is, is in there. He looks quite good the, in this, uh, Mickey Rourke, actually. Usually, you know, you see Mickey Rourke and he's not looking <laughs> his best, but he's actually all right in this. Yeah. He's not. He's only in it yeah. briefly. He's really good in yeah, the couple of scenes that he's in. He's um, really good. The, Can I blow your minds with a bit of trivia about Mickey Rourke? Shoot, oh, go for please it. Do. Go for please it. do. Right, get ready. I hope you're all sitting down because there's some shocking news coming your way. According to the IMDb, Denzel and Mickey Rook didn't get on on set. Oh my Mickey Rook causing trouble on a film set. <laughs> get, get out of it. I won't have it. Don't you dare besmirch his name in such ways. Well, well fancy that, you know, fancy that. <laughs> but uh, on a serious note, um, Tony Scott really said this is the start of Mickey Rook's sort of run to uh, oh, yeah, the wrestler. Yeah, and Tony yeah. Scott put him in this and then in the small role and then gave him a much bigger role in Domino as like the second lead. Right, right. Um, oh, cool. So, yeah, this is the start of his comeback and then Sin City will follow and then Yeah, because Sin City was the real well, sort of leg up, wasn't it? So. Hey it man, was, he yeah, owes his career yeah. to Tony Scott, man. If he he does, doesn't he? Uh, well, no, a lot I, of people I think, do. I, no, actually, <laughs> I think we could go back even further. I think he could owe it to a certain JCVD, having starred with him in Double Team in 1997. <laughs> oh, the Dennis Rodman one. I like that one. The Dennis Rodman That's a movie. Good one. Yeah, yeah, that is a good one. That could be on here, but I did watch it recently, and it, it was god awful. Oh, no. <laughs> so we might not be able to. Even I thought it might not be great. But there were some bits I really liked. Is that the one where he's in? He, he's in like a prison, isn't he? He's in like some yeah yeah he escapes it one? yeah it is yeah uh yeah and it ends with the spoilers um the coliseum getting blown up when the when with van damme fighting tigers <laughs> with nicky yeah. rock in the coliseum <laughs> it's a, i think no scratch that we'll we're we're revisiting this uh, and the definitely other, yeah we're coming back to that um and the other guy that the other brilliant name i saw was giancarlo giannini um i've loved this guy for ages and ages brilliant he actor, is so yeah. good um sadly last seen being robbed and thrown in a bin uh, when he was dead in that awful bond movie um that's just what you want your heroes to do isn't it but um so yeah i love, to... I love like, like positive rob about everything <laughs> apart from the new bond project. no not going to be going there i love so, it so um it. so yeah so but uh, always nice to see him in movies cuz he's brilliant he's absolutely brilliant yeah, and then Mark Antony as well uh, yes! pops up, the old Latino... Mr. Jennifer Lopez himself, <laughs> old snake hips. Um, uh, I, I d- as the worst dad in the yeah, world. I, yeah, <laughs> I, 
I mean, I've got, I've written it some, somewhere cast. down here. It is, I've, but I've put like um, Mark Anthony. You know, forgive me, but I think in terms of the acting chops here, I felt he was a little out of his depth. Oh, well, oh, yeah, one hundred percent. He's um, a very pretty man, though. <laughs> yes, yes, it, yes. I mean, yes, um, but. Um, I mean, two minutes with Denzel, and I've forgotten he's even there. Sadly. Anyway, um, but above all else, I'm looking at this, and you're like, wow, how... I mean, this is a big production, big cast, and with with what you're watching and the quality of what you're watching, we're in, like, elevated territory here, aren't we? We are. With a a script by uh, Brian Helgeland, we should say, who had won the Academy Award a couple of years earlier for LA Confidential and had been nominated for Mystic River uh, either a year or two before so he's on a hot streak of adaptations as well so this is adapted from the aj quinnell creasy novels yes, the yes. first in that series right, cool oh so there are a I bunch think... of novels i didn't know they were they were based yeah on i didn't until we looked at this i mean i'd like to dig them out because they're probably really cool yeah they're they're from the 80s i think yeah i believe so late 70s so they'll be uh quite different i think to this version of the film yeah but, uh, yeah yeah so it's um it's based on those novels yeah Ooh. we've got this like we, so we've got this like amazing cast as well um you know, Denzel obviously being Denzel's amazing, but he just gets totally upstaged by a very young little uh, absolute <laughs> diamond, doesn't he? Oh, this is one of the best ch- child performances I've ever seen. I'd agree with that I in think full. She's so good in this movie. Yeah. She's unbelievably good. Yeah, I, yes. I was completely blown away by her in this. I, she's great, Dakota Fanning. She's yeah. She's a really, really seriously good child actor yeah she's amazing and in this was just going toe-to-toe with denzel yeah and they have such great chemistry they really do don't they yeah it were it just worked so like that first half of the movie where there's no action at all for the first 50 minutes yeah it's brilliant it's just about their relationship and that's what sets it apart for me because you don't get away with the second half of the movie if you don't have that solid relationship that's right yeah entirely on those two brilliant performances He's great with her. She's she's really good. She's not intimidated to be acting alongside Denzel. Not at all, at yeah. All, like. No, she's brilliant. Uh, we talk about film length quite a lot on these movies we cover. And I sat down, went to put this on, and it was, what, two hours 20 or something? Yeah, it's a, it's long, a long one, and yeah. I was like, I was like one, yeah. oh, my God, this is a long film. However, the relationship build-up between uh, Dakota Fanning's character, uh, Peter and Creasy, and I was just like, you needed this time. Yeah. For that to be a believable yeah. relationship, yeah, uh, to get to that point like halfway through, I know we're sort of zipping through this. No, uh, no, not at all. Half, but you get that build up. But you know, the tone of the film set out with this kidnapping at the start, with the text at the start. You know, she's going to get kidnapped. You know, yes, you know, yes, that's you know where this is going. Yeah, 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 you know what's coming on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it gives you a really good hour or so. Uh, it's basically the first half of the film, isn't it? Where yeah. she's building yeah, yeah. this relationship with Creasy, and. I did. I wasn't bothered about the length. I was like, I if it was any shorter, I wouldn't have believed that relationship, and I, it wouldn't have paid yeah. off. Yeah, and that's largely a very good point. Yeah, I really bought into the friendship, and I don't think it would have worked if it was condensed. If they condensed that build up of relationship into a short time frame, I don't think it it would have worked. Yeah, I agree. I could go so far as to say that I think this could be the best adult child friendship relationship I've ever seen in a film. I can't think of one better at this point. In in a drama, yeah, yeah, definitely. Because when I when I sort of see the adult kid thing, it's usually in comedy, you know, like a big yeah, or yeah. something like that. But you go into this film knowing that Denzel Washington has to save this girl. Yeah. 
And then in that first hour, what you get is the girl saving Denzel Washington. And it's oh, just Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so good. She brings him back to life. Like he's a broken man yeah, at the start. I absolutely of the film. Like, and she slowly gets in, gets under his skin, yeah, doesn't she? Yeah. Not in a bad way, like in a in a lovely way and like remember, reminds him what it is to be yeah. human. And that, again, that arc, the honest, delivery like, of Denzel's arc is really good. I really, really like it through that. You know, you can see, like you're saying, that pulls him out of his shell. You can almost see the layers peeling back with him coming back out. Because, like, yeah. I loved the, the, the uh, you know, when you, you know, this is, again, a trope of mine, but you enjoyed the, I enjoy the intro to the hero in the movies, you know, in, in action thrillers. Oh, yeah. This and is a good one, really good ones here. You know, um, and he's properly broken. You know, like when, because they, the, this family in Mexico hire Creasy as a bodyguard, knowing this these kidnapping statistics. And they're sort of egged on into doing it by Jordan Kalfas, who is Mickey Rourke's character. And I mean, you shouldn't be taking legal advice from Mickey Rourke. <laughs> <laughs> he is not a man to trust, is he? His face is not a I trustworthy mean, face. I don't care how expensive his suit is. <laughs> he's got a blue pinstripe suit and frosted tips. Do not trust this man. Don't trust this man. <laughs> does he have a Does he have a shirt like a Steve Bruce special where it's like a, a white collar on a blue shirt? <laughs> <laughs> he might do. He may well might do. Steve Bruce's shirt of choice. I tell you what, he's he's looking a million dollars. To be fair, he's looking really good. It's yeah, a very yeah. well fitted suit. Like he looks, like, he looks a like business. Uh, uh, it's a good name, Jordan Kalfus, as well. That is a good yeah. character name, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I kept they... referring to him as Jordan Belfort, but that's the Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when, they, when they're driving, um, Mark Anthony's taking Denzel around for the first time, and he says, you know, don't do the drinking in front of my wife. First thing he does when he gets there is crack open the Jack Daniels in front of her. <laughs> I love that He's stuff. like, would you like a drink? You know, like a water or something. He's like, yeah, I'll have yeah. a Jack and water, please. He's like, yeah, he's yeah. just specifically told you to keep the drinking on a down low, and she hires him anyway. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Superb, absolutely superb. I mean, I would, I would. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, because yeah. we have that lovely cut, don't we, where Christopher Walken convinces him to take the bodyguard job and he's in, he's got his haunted past facial hair on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then it cuts, like, to him driving Mark Anthony, doesn't he? And he's back to Denzel, yeah. clean-shaven, beautiful face on display, like, crisp haircut. Like, even, yeah. though, even though his... His suit is absolutely massive. Yes, All yes. of his clothes are massive in this. <laughs> He's borrowed his dad's suit for a job interview. <laughs> and it's Everything like a... he wears is two sizes too big in this movie. <laughs> it's kind of like a, an off-green as well, isn't it? It's not quite dark. It's like a sort of a green suit uh, in Mexico, which is presumably from the Michael Vartan School of Travelling Wardrobe Options. <laughs> <laughs> Vartan. Oh. I'll uh, let Dent Creasy off though, because he is he is working. He's supposed to look like a bodyguard, and he like a secret. Yeah, that's right. That's right. When he's talking um, Spanish to you know the people at um, Peter's school, you know the teachers, and it, he's just so believable in everything he does. You, he's committed so fiercely to this that you you buy it all, everything. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've got a hot take. Ooh. Go for it. Denzel Washington is a really good actor. <laughs> <laughs> So, let let me extrapolate on that slightly. So what I mean is, I've never seen a movie that he's in in which he phones in the performance, yes, or yeah. he's bad in. He's been in a few clunkers, but the issue is never him, which is yeah. remarkable given how many movies he's made. 
Yeah. I've never watched one of his movies and said, oh, I think he's been miscast here, or this movie would have been better if they'd cast X in that role. He's yeah. always on point. And I, I do actually have a little bit of a hot take. He won the Oscar for Training Day uh, three years earlier. Mm. Um, and I like that movie. He's really, really good in it, as always. But I think he's better in this film than he is in Training Day. Could well be. Joe, you know, I, I agree with you, to be honest, because I think he's been in... Most of his films, he's been better than Training Day, and I think Training Day was one of those where it was like an over. It's a makeup one, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you think so? Um, he's a char- He's just so charismatic, though, isn't he? He is, yeah. 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 I think that's what he's got. He's just like dripping in charisma, yeah. Um, and maybe that's why his suits look so big, <laughs> <laughs> sweated out all the charisma. <laughs> We're hitting a point like forty-five minutes into the movie where Denzel is now looking after this kid. And she is teasing him out of the battle-wounded state he was in. And I'm looking at myself thinking, why on earth did this film bomb? I can't understand it. You know, um, and I'm finding it, you know, it's hitting so many emotional buttons, but the buttons that I, you know, that I know I'm enjoying something. You know what I mean? And I still don't understand. Do you think critics had it in for Tony Scott, like, forever? I don't... It just seems like a, such an odd... It's really it's weird, weird, that. It's, it, it's I don't so get it bizarre. Yeah. Like, he makes entertaining thrillers. Like, he makes popcorn thrillers, yeah. like, of that mid-range budget for, you know... I think the closest thing he ever made to a family film was uh, that Denzel Chris Pine movie he made about the runaway train. Oh, that was Ace! Which is unfortunately, his last film. That was good yeah. as well. Yeah, <laughs> so... um but he doesn't make family films. He makes, you know, violent thrillers for for you know that are R eight yeah. for you to go to and and be entertained by for two hours. Like, and he's always been a real good shooter. His movies always look amazing. They always yeah. look good, yeah. Uh, and he's got a real, he's got a proper screenwriter on this one. He's got an A list Oscar winning movie star in there. Great supporting cast, as you say. It's a really like sensitive run-up to the carnage that comes in it the is, second yeah. half of the film. He takes his time, and I don't think a lot of action directors of the time would have taken such a sedate pace into yeah. what is would have looked on paper like a run-of-the-mill revenge yeah. story. He really invests in that relationship between Creasy and Peter. Totally. It, yeah, and it's, it's it pays off. For me, for me, it did. It totally paid off. But like you, you said, James, like all the... You know, we've got we've mentioned how good all the acting is. Like across the board, I think yeah. everyone properly gives it. I mean, with the exception of Mark Anthony, Rob. Uh, no, 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 no. Gives no. a. Uh, I, th- I, ju- I feel for him because obviously, like he's he's in there with some proper heavyweights yeah. here, though, isn't he? You know what I mean? But like, what else have you like? Like, I really love the way it's shot. Like, it's so so dizzying and so hyperactive, and like it's yeah. just it's it's all over the place. It's really. Uh, the location, it's all location shot, looks yeah. fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, the grade's really good on it, so it's all like really saturated, it's really hot. and Yeah, it feels sweaty, yeah. doesn't it? Like... Yeah, it feels sweaty. And everything, <laughs> it does, like, yeah. All the details in like every frame. Like, yeah. So you've got all these things about it. The score, is it Gregson yeah. Will- Harry Gregson oh, yeah. Williams did the what score? What a score. Yeah. Excellent, um, isn't it? I was going to ask you guys about this. Yeah, Metal Gear Solid. I think it's brilliant. <laughs> um, so you've got all these things. Where, right, you know, all right, that's a box ticked. That's a box ticked. That's a box ticked. Where did it go wrong? Yeah. You know, okay, a bit of indulgent editing here and there. Um, maybe it's a bit long. Yeah. At this point, I've got this amazing tender relationship between this broken man and this little girl who is just matching Denzel frame for frame yeah. in terms of acting. And she's so yeah. likeable as well. 
Like, she's just like, a, yeah. you know, precocious, like, lovely little girl who just wants to get to know him and be his friend. And she feels sorry for him. She says, yeah. he's a big sad bear. And he is a big yeah. sad bear at the start. <laughs> he just needs a cuddle and someone to love him. <laughs> I, you know, I've got uh, here, you know, like, when she call him a big sad bear, but harsh, dissed by fanning. <laughs> it was in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get called a big sad bear. It's outrageous. So anyway, they bond. To, he slowly starts to thaw and he goes to watch her at a swim meet, doesn't he? And he realises that she's uh, she's startled by the starter pistol at the swim meet. Oh, yeah, so yeah. So he becomes yeah. Coach Creasy at this stage, doesn't he? Yeah. And basically, he like, trains her up to not be scared of, of gunfire so that she can get... She's really quick swimmer, but she's slow off the blocks because she hesitates. Yeah. Uh, and he trains her up and that's how they bond. And then that relationship really, really comes together as we move into like the 40, 45 minute mark. And honestly, yeah. I, I can't tell you how many times I get choked up watching this film. Oh, no, seriously. It's one of those, isn't it? But you wouldn't be. When he's at the swim meet and um, Peter's parents are away on business, so he's taking her there. And the nun comes up, up to him and goes, ah, oh, you are our father today. And you can see it, it like... That's why he's such a brilliant actor. Like he feels that. Like it hits him like yeah. a ton of bricks that she would say that to him. Like, and it's it's all just body language, isn't it? He responds yeah. with his body, doesn't he? Just like you can see that puff of pride almost. It's superb. Yeah. But if it, like you uh, both say, like crumple it, and just burst into tears as well. Like, yeah, yeah, time, yeah. Like, it's so good. But as you say, like if if the care wasn't taken here and these two performances weren't good enough, then none of the second half of the movie would work. It just wouldn't stick the landing. But, it, it you know, for me, it does as well. Because then we get the um, Peter's kidnap, don't we? And um, that, I thought, was like, the editing was unbelievable at that point. Did she go to a piano lesson? Is that what it is? Like, he, he takes her to a piano lesson? Yeah, yeah, I think it was, yeah. He sees the driver of the car who he recognised from... From earlier on, he's seen that, that licence plate before when he was taking her to school. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he realises that... And then what we find out during the course of this action sequence, and this is like storytelling through action as well, is we haven't, apart from the opening minute, we haven't really learned anything about the kidnapping culture no. in Mexico City. But we soon become aware through the course of this action sequence that not only are there professional kidnappers, but all the coppers are on the bloody payroll as yeah. well, right? Yeah. So Creasy realises stuff's about to go down. And as uh, Peter comes out of a uh, piano lesson, good bit of foreshadowing as well. Like he, he fires the gun into the air and she bolts straight away because she's not afraid of the gunfire. Anymore. Yeah, she's, yeah. She goes, runs away from the kidnappers and then all hell breaks loose in the street, doesn't it? And he's just fighting for his life to try and protect her, just shooting cops and kidnappers and he's taking bullets and all sorts and it's all cutting frenetically <laughs> and these big swooping shots going around him. And, yeah. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's so kinetic that and confusing as well, but intensely yeah. so. Like It's brilliant. You because feel like you're in the middle of the gun battle. Yeah, and you're feeling like Creasy as well. You know, you're saying the editing style is designed specifically yeah. to try and put you in his shoes. You feel like that, definitely. The other thing I felt during this, you know, specifically when we just mentioned there about the cops being in on it, as well and yeah. the, the question of corruption I know we've talked about this in the past James but um, it reminded me of Don Winslow's cartel uh, books you know uh, yes. certainly Power of the Dog you know like this kind of inner city corruption in the middle of um, Mexico just rang so true Like, and so like, this Absolutely, feels authentic yeah. just like that felt very authentic yeah. mm. um, and then but Chrissy gets almost iced yeah. <laughs> he, gets, <laughs> he gets plugged he gets 
shot. He gets shot pieces. a lot. He does, doesn't he? That's bad news. Bad news bears. Bad news sad, greasy bears. No, he is a sad bear. <laughs> he seriously is a sad bear. With then. lots of holes in him. <laughs> Perforated bear. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and he's in hospital and um, they think he did it or something like that. He's, he's accused of killing cops, isn't he? Yeah, they yes. it's cause because he did. Do... To be fair, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they were baddies. <laughs> the reporter. What? What's the character's name? The Total Recall. Uh, Rachel Tocotin is the actress's name, but I couldn't remember the character. Yeah, so so she knows what's going on, and yeah, she's in in bed literally with one of the high up cops. Yeah, he's like he's like the equivalent of the Mexican FBI. Isn't he, he is, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Giancarlo. He's like at the press conference, just like pinching her ass and what have you, and just being massively inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, hugely inappropriate. Yeah. But she doesn't seem to mind, which is weird. They get him out of the hospital, don't they? Because, yeah. they, you know, she finds out that the cops who were there should have been off duty and yeah, yeah. they were in uniform. So they're obviously bent coppers. They try and protect Creasy and put him in a sort of underground hospital, don't they, to recover. Yeah, yeah. During which time we get told as an audience, he gets told that. Peter has died. They, you know, they tried to do a uh, ransom. They give the ransom money to Mark Antony, and um, which, which is what all this is about, to set up a. The, the cops are telling him to, you know, set up this ransom deal, even though the kidnappers say go on your own. He, you know, takes the cops with him, and it, it, it's botched basically. Yeah, it goes tits up, doesn't it? Yeah, it's this is this is where he's there. he's carrying two bags of cash, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, with no shirt on, with no shirt on, and all I can think of is he did this um, at the end of Jennifer Lopez's on the six album. He did an amazing ballad with her in Spanish, and all I can think of is his lovely <laughs> voice striding across the bridge, holding these bags of cash. Puerto <laughs> Vallejo. <laughs> <laughs> my Spanish is bad so I think I said something about a pork dish <laughs> works for me it sounded legitimate to me thank you very much uh, but um, yeah I love that and if we could just Tocotin as well I think she's really good here as well I really like her the reporter um, oh, yeah, yeah she's good she's yeah, really yeah. really good and um, again I really like it when you've seen someone in something else and they come back and they're doing something different in another movie. And to see her playing this role, I, I, I was really good casting. I really enjoyed it. I'm so annoyed that I did not recognise her from Total Recall. I'm really. I recognised her. I couldn't place her for the life I'm of me. So ah. disappointed that I didn't make that connection. Seriously. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're led to believe that because of this botched uh, ransom dealing, uh, that. The kidnapper kills Peter, and yeah. at this point, I am absolutely devastated. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm not because, uh, and it's doing it though, isn't it? This film is hitting those emotional buttons. I think so, absolutely. Yeah, uh, this is possibly my least favorite part of the movie because after Creasy's riddled with bullets and laid up in the hospital, and obviously Peter is kidnapped. What we lose in the film at this point is there's a good t- 10 up to 15 minutes where all the kidnapping back and forth is going on and they're trying to get Peter back. Everyone's doing a great job, but I'm just like, oh, I wish this bit was just a bit tighter so that we could get them back to Denzel, essentially. I, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, because the whole film at this point is built on their relationship and then yeah. neither of Both them, of them are out of it for 15 minutes. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, no, Dakota's not really in it for the rest of the movie, though, is she? Until the oh, end. Well, she's Until dead. Oh, she's dead at this point, Rob. She's dead, of course, Rob. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me go through the end of this movie again, please. Oh, she's so dead. 
We're there spoiling the film scene by scene and we're getting concerned about future spoilers. Yeah, the thing I look like, you know, you get a bit more into the, who the kidnapper is at this point as well. I really love the fact he had a, he had a poodle. <laughs> yeah. And it was just business to him. Everyone talks about it just being it business. Was, yeah. But I think that's that's yeah. even scarier of motivation than anything else. You know, like, it's they're not just sick. You know, I mean, obviously it's a sick thing they're doing, but it's just business. It's a callousness. It's just, it's a, it's a... Don't care. It's a business deal, this. It's horrible. Um, And he's got his own kids. They're all professionals. Creasy pulls one of them on it and goes... I'm a professional. I'm a professional. Everyone keeps saying that to me, and I'm sick of hearing it. Like it's great, yeah, really, well really good, yeah, yeah. really. His really line good. delivery there is so good as well. Well, you know, like he's well, we're not, just we're not, we're not a million miles away from that. I mean, he he gets walking, sort of gets him, helps him. He goes back on his feet. He goes back to see Creasy. What are you gonna do, man? Yeah, <laughs> he gets. You're gonna come with me to the Red Lobster. <laughs> The one thing I was worried about watching this film throughout was that it would turn out that Walken was the, you know, oh, the twist. Oh no, was no, I'd, I'd have, and that would have, that would have broken my heart. Like, yeah, no, just playing a, a quite a weird but a nice guy. Like. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> who's clearly seen oh, some Walken things. Is, I, I've never seen Walken like this in anything. He's just, you know, they've picked this really eccentric actor to play such a normal role, such a normal nice yeah. guy role. Yeah. And he does it so well. And yeah, like, yeah, it, this point is he comes into it a bit more, doesn't he? Like, yeah, he does, you yeah. You see the, why they know each other and how they yeah. help each other. And... They've got the same past, haven't they? Yeah, they have. Yeah, he makes this role so more memorable than it's got any right to be, really. 100%. You know, this is just a, a sidekick character. and he, yeah. You know, it's become so much more than that because he's he's, he's so good at it. Yeah. Well, uh, you might not be surprised to hear that uh, the majority of Walken and uh, Denzel's dialogue was improv So that's oh, just two legends, Oscar-winning honestly. actors just having a lovely time together and just riffing off each other. Like, what did brilliant. Wal- what did Walken win an Oscar for? Deer Hunter, wasn't it? Oh, uh, was it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think so. I have to double check that, but we'll leave that in for now. If I if I find that that's incorrect, I'll let you know. No, I, I, I'm sure he has. I, I, know. I think it that's right. Sound like a, like, like a... <laughs> uh, and then it, when he goes, because he, he goes back to the house and they're still there trying to pick up the pieces. What should be added at this point, actually, is that while this is going on, Rada Mitchell is acting a face off everybody, uh, holding fort at the house, wondering what on earth is going on. You know, um, and she's got this brilliant mix of being furious, terrified, angry, scared. You know, and it's it's just she's playing it really well. I felt. Yeah, I thought she was good in this. I thought she she's was good. Great she, in this. She's really yeah. good. Yeah, because she could get overwhelmed by it. She's only well, no, there's two good female characters actually. Now, obviously, the reporter and, but she could get overwhelmed because as just the mother of Dakota Fanning's yes yeah but she doesn't she gives it some you know like yeah. she has some heavy lifting to do in the second act as well definitely like, yeah she gets more to do at the end as well doesn't she yeah she does yeah as we said in Rogue we think she's really good so yeah, yeah enjoyed her in this as well cool um, and um, yeah I love that bit you know there's always that quiet before the storm the calm before the storm where the hero you know we had it in let's talk Punisher again where he goes back and fixes a car with no shirt on <laughs> does, and doesn't do the blinds in his room uh, yeah. yeah and you know like the training montage in Rocky where we had a hundred of them <laughs> so we don't need to go yeah, through yeah. them again but like with this it's it's again it's a lot more personal and sedate isn't it and, and emotional yeah. you know going through Peter's things you know trying to find clues to what happened to her 
Um, yeah. And that's where he comes across the diary, isn't it? Yes, it is, yeah. And he gets the... She's noted down part of the license plate, aren't it? And he starts mm. working with the reporter to find out the rest of the yeah. license plate. Basically, he finds out what the license plate is and he goes and plays it, pays this young man a visit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, so for, like, from this point on, it now flips to a full-on hardcore detective revenge movie. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and I freaking love it. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It is brilliant. Great. And it's deeply satisfying. What this is brilliant now is like we see him at the start of the film and he's this haunted man, like obviously racked with guilt from what he's done in the past or missions that he's completed on behalf of the government. And now we get to see that man. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Like, and oh my god, this guy is not playing around. No. At all. As far as he's concerned, he's got nothing to live for anyway. No. He's like, absolutely. He's still rehabbing while he's capping fools in the second half. <laughs> he's like, all his wounds are still seeping from. Isn't he's, he though? Like, he's, he's still doing he's rehabbing so between calm. taking fools out. Like, yeah. Oh, absolutely. He's so calm, cool, and controlled while he's doing these things. Because essentially, he goes off. He get he catches up with the people who may or may not have had something to do with it. He's got a fair idea that they have, and he you know interrogates them until he gets information. Essentially, yeah, um, this is um, and interspersed in this, he does this brilliant bazooka ambush, <laughs> which was so much Where fun. Did he get that from? I that loved was my it. One question I was like, he's there in this. Chris Walken hooked him up. Yeah, is that what it was? I was like, <laughs> he can do anything. He got his hands on this ridiculous. Well, it, it was just—it's just in the back room of Bed Bath and Beyond, next to the little remote. Oh, of course. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah, so he—he he, he catches up with the guy who's been driving round. He cuts his fingers off and cauterizes the wounds with a cigarette lighter. It's I mean, all very unpleasant. Like it's horrendous, isn't it? I love it. Gets the answers that he wants and then blows his head off, doesn't he? <laughs> and then <laughs> drop, drops him in his car onto a football pitch. Some kids yeah, are playing it. <laughs> Outrageous. And then Thanks, Denzel. Council turned up. For fuck's sake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Game's over. Uh, Just mowed this. <laughs> <laughs> then then we have, I think, the the next interrogation where he gets is it the, the dodgy chief of police? And, um... Yes, so he finds out that basically the guys who were running the kidnap uh, exchange with the uh, Ramoses were actually in on it and they bungled the the exchange on purpose and they and it's this guy Fuentes who's like knee deep in all in all the kidnapping and he's 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 dirty as anything yeah uh so before Creasy can get to him he has to take out all of his goons beforehand yeah so he breaks into a no he doesn't break in he asks politely if he can go into this old couple's apartment because he's got a great vantage <laughs> point with rocket launch <laughs> <laughs> See, a wink and a smile. He's, a ch- he's the charisma. That's what yeah. gets him in yeah. there. I'd like him, especially if I had a rocket launcher under his arm. <laughs> yes, come on, Mr. Washington. Where would you like to set up your rocket launcher? Training day is my favourite movie. Please come on in. Would you like a cup of tea? <laughs> While you set up your humongous missile launcher. <laughs> Maniac. And the, the old couple are trying to... Um, uh, trying to convey the rewarding power of forgiveness to Creasy, but he's having none of it. And he, he delivers such a great line there. He goes, forgiveness is between them and God. It's my job to arrange the meeting. Oh, oh yes. That is... I just, you know, and there's another one later, Creasy's painting his masterpiece as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, these are... can be these an are... artist in anything. Food. <laughs> Creasy's <laughs> art is death. 
He's about to paint his masterpiece. Like some of this was like would be like so on the nose if it was delivered by lesser actors. Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally agree with you. Totally agree. But those guys can pull it off. But so then, when he's interrogating this uh, this geezer, and let's be frank, he's got a bomb up his bottom at this point. This guy bomb up the bum, no arm done. <laughs> <laughs> he is, uh, but the way that the interrogation pans out from Creasy's perspective, he he's so good in this, and this is where he has that line, James, doesn't he? Of that, uh, I'm a professional. I'm a prof- I keep hearing that. You know, uh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so line good. Is this bit so well delivered, isn't it? It really is, isn't it? And you believe everything he's doing here. Um, and this is where he gives up that it's Jordan Calfus, isn't it? Yes. Is in on it. And did you find that a surprise? Not a surprise? No, because it was Mickey Rourke, so I knew he was going to be up to something. Yeah. <laughs> no, I had to... As I said, I, I was like thinking, all right, it's either going to be Mickey Rourke or Christopher Walken. I hope it's Mickey Rourke. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that it was the cynical side of me thinking it was Christopher Walker. I was like, how can he can just be a normal dude with <laughs> yeah. cynical? But no, it, yeah, it was it was pretty obvious, like sleazy lawyer in his uh, Steve it, Bruce it had, and And he was forcing them to hire, you know, it was about an insurance scam. It was an uh, all policy, insurance wasn't scam, it? wasn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. It, he was going to get a kickback as the family lawyer for arranging an insurance policy yeah. um, pertaining to um, getting money back if you get kidnapped or whatever. And they said they could only get the policy. Oh, I've just got a bit of trivia, actually, as well, on the uh, whole uh, Christopher Walken-Mickey Rourke dynamic. So, originally, Tony Scott offered Christopher Walken the part of uh, Jordan, the lawyer, to pay it, so he would have been the villain, as you predicted there, side. Oh. But Walken asked if he could play Rayburn instead, because he wanted to move away from playing villainous characters. Oh, brilliant. Oh, brilliant. What a yeah. man. Absolutely what a man. Love him even more. Um, and then uh, Denzel turns up to give Jordan what for, and we find him decapitated in his own pool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I Now, I felt a little short change there. Well, there is a deleted I, I was... scene where uh, it's apparently oh, Mark Antony's character, uh, Mr. Ramos, Papa Ramos, went round and chopped <laughs> his head off with the sword, and you got to see that, but he's cut that out of the movie. Oh, I think it's because he wanted wow. to, Ramos to be more of a piece of shit when Creasy finally caught up with him. Yeah, I'm yeah, not, yeah. I'm not, because, you, you you know, if you're capable of chopping a man's head off, you're not going to just crumble in front of Denzel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's true, yeah. When he goes to, after all, and he, he goes to Mark Antony and he, he gives him his bullet, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So so Denzel's got that bullet what didn't fire when he tried to kill himself and then he just leaves it with him and says, didn't work for me, might work for you. And then just walks off and you're like, oh. oh yeah. And that, I, again, brilliant stuff from Mitchell in there as well. And I'm thinking as well, you know, um, that room, bit of a fire hazard. <laughs> you know, it's got all those, that's a massive massive fire shrine in the middle of your house you know forget insurance for kidnapping you need insurance from fire damage <laughs> isn't there a massive ornamental zebra in the background as well yes there is um a trivia that was owned by the people who uh, they rented the house from was the house owned by Joey Tribbiani after he gets his gig on Because <laughs> that is the sort of thing he would buy. To it definitely house. is. I like, in the For Your Reconsideration multiverse, that is exactly what happened. We're writing this. In the fan fiction version of this, then yeah, that's definitely what happened. What did you guys make of the moment when Mark Antony took the easy way out, uh, unlike what Robert Tepper suggested, and uh, shot himself in the head? <laughs> 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 how did how did Robert Tepper suggest it? Suggest it, Rob. There's no easy way. Out. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly. Precisely. 
<laughs> well, he did give in. He did give in. He had no choice, really, because no, Rod and Mitchell no, was going to kill him. I couldn't have hated him more at this point. Kidnapping your own kid. Oh, he's a terrible dad. <laughs> really, really bad. He was like, oh, I didn't mean her to get killed. It was like, you were handing her over to these ruthless kidnappers. Of course it was going to... Like, there was a risk of that, mate. You know, yeah. there was a risk of that. Have you not seen oh, Fargo? Horrible. This is exactly what happens in Fargo. <laughs> you set up a false kidnapping, right, and then it all goes tits up and someone ends up getting put through a wood chipper. Sorry, <laughs> we're going on a spoilers rampage today. <laughs> so yeah, Creasy delivers that great line where he goes, "A friend of mine always said a bullet always tells the truth." Didn't work for me. Maybe it'll work for you. And he puts it into the uh, chamber, yeah. and boshy brains are everywhere. We assume it happens off screen. Yeah, we hear it, don't we? We hear it, so we do assume. Uh, now I'm glad that that getting rid of him. Um, chopping off Jordan's head makes sense now because you'd be thinking, oh dear, you'd be expecting once he'd given a loaded gun to Mark Antony that he would kill either Creasy or Rada Mitchell yes, with it. Yes, exactly, yeah. So, so it would. It makes perfect sense now, yeah. It makes him more of a snivelling coward, yeah. doesn't it? If he'd cut that guy's head off, then... Definitely, which is what yeah, he is. Exactly, yeah. And Yeah, no, I think it's fitting. I think it was right to, to cut that scene. It wouldn't, have, it wouldn't have fit at all with how broken and, like, shit he was and how like you know how pathetic he was as a as a character yeah. at this point no not at all it's far too proactive a course of action is it to go and chop someone's head off which is probably the most profound thing i've ever said <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> our journalist a journalist friend has been doing some digging hasn't she she's managed to find the photos of some kidnapper that's it she yeah. gets threatened doesn't she coming out of her office not to publish but she's got journalistic integrity. She doesn't care about her own Oh, life. she's a she legend, publishes isn't the she? goddamn photos yeah. anyway and passes the deets on to Denzel. Yeah. So this is the whole thing about the voice, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Is the villain at this point uh, Manchester's favourite opera singer, Russell Watson? <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> Time to say goodbye. Oh, God, if that was playing at the end, I'd be absolutely on the... I mean, I'm on the floor yeah, anyway, yeah. but you may as well bury me, like... <laughs> he is the one. That is such a niche joke. Uh, not even the two blokes from Manchester got it. <laughs> Sorry, Rob, you're not from Manchester, Warrington. Uh... No, no. I got it, I got it. He gets the deets and he's off. To, he finds out that it's about the voice's brother basically, and he goes to sort him out. Yes, yes. So, and he does in his Denzel way. He doesn't kill him. Um, the guy tries to no. uh, escape, doesn't he? Gets in a cool-looking car crash in, like, the narrowest alley ever, which is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, it ends up with him um, at the house, doesn't he? And the, there's kids and she's pregnant, and it's all... It's like, how far are you prepared to go, you know, to get this vengeance? And Denzel is obviously very prepared to go Chris as far as he needs to. ready to go all the way. As far as he's... I mean, what we keep cutting back to is that his wounds are still seeping out, aren't they, all the time? Like, he, yes, as far yeah. as he's concerned, yeah. he's dead anyway. And he gets shot during the... And as far as he's concerned at this stage, Peter is dead. She's yeah. gone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he feels like he has nothing to live for anyway. And he gets shot in the exchange here. Yeah. And anyway, he captures the brother and he's like threatening the the wife not in a nasty way in a cool like charismatic Denzel way yeah yeah but the wife doesn't do herself any favours does she because she's like uh, she's a bit of a dick so like (laughs) uh, Denzel goes in and and me as an audience me as a a viewer has gone all right, mate you know there's a family there they're probably not involved 
But then she's got an attitude. Problem. Yeah, oh, yeah. She's and she's and, she, like, yeah, and they are involved. Right, you know, love. and that's like she's giving right, attitude you know. from the start. Yeah. Right? yeah, I'm I'm looking at them here and I'm like, gosh, there's nothing special. You know, it, these aren't elite people in ivory towers, is it? These are just no. people trying to get a quick quick book, aren't they? And this is how yeah, they go exactly. about it. And I think again, that is a choice informed by authenticity by the filmmakers yeah exactly they're part of the machine aren't they they are yeah and it's just a business they're just it's the even scarier yeah. horrible horrible business yeah like. but uh, Denzel doesn't see it that way and he's not getting the answers he wants out of the voice so he blows his brother's hand off <laughs> <laughs> that was great yes excellent scene which to be honest with you if you're gonna if you you know in for a penny in for a pound like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Why ever not? And then, um, and is this? Oh, he gets him on the phone, doesn't he? He asks yes. them to call um, the brother who's in charge of it all. And Denzel finally gets on the phone with this guy, who reveals that he's got his family, and he's going to do them all in. He just wants the, the main man, but he reveals that Peter's alive, and they can arrange an exchange. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad I understood it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, reading the reviews, like a lot of a lot of like the negative ones said how obvious and you know te- you know you could easily telegraph what was going to happen, but when they said that she was dead, I was like, oh she, no, yeah, she is. Yeah, of course she is. Yeah, yeah, when I first watched it, I did not think that she was coming back. No, I didn't. I, I was hoping it, but then when that he says that, because there's a there's a faint bit of hope previous isn't there i think it's the nightclub bit yeah yeah where uh he's talking to the there's a woman in there and she says like oh i'll give you the girl oh yeah like, we've oh, what girl? Bit, yeah but then he but then he gives us some someone who's recently the, the latest kidnapped. yeah victim. yeah so there's the sort of false hope and you're like oh no yeah she is dead yeah so then we get back here and you're like she is alive and he, he's he's like a bit trepidatious he's like i don't I don't believe you. Which girl? You have to say who it is and yeah. you know, prove yeah. she's alive and blah, blah, blah. And he does that like test with her and what's a teddy uh, bear call? Yeah. Uh, so like, no. And I'm like, oh no, we know what's happening here. Yeah. We know what's happening. So he agrees to meet up. He agrees to exchange the brother and himself for for Peter Yeah. on the bridge, don't they? And they go and drive down there. And he's already he's sort of bleeding out already. Yeah. And he calls Radha Mitchell and tells her to meet uh, meet him there at the exchange. And it's just all beautifully played from it this is point. Brilliant. Like, the score comes up, everything settles down. Like the visual style's still there, but it's not as urgent as it was. You're right. It's like once they've got out of the hectic nature of the city and the favelas and all that kind of stuff. Then now you're in, you're in out in the wilderness, and the the freneticism of the editing actually calms down, doesn't it? It does, yeah, yeah. So it's a bit like, uh, yeah, oh god, wow, what good filmmaking! How lucky are we that these things exist? <laughs> yeah, oh, it's so good. And then it gets uh, Rada Mitchell, who she turns up and goes, right, Peter's alive. I'm going up on the bridge to get her. You hold the shotguns of this guy's head. <laughs> if, it, if it goes wrong, blow his head off, basically. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and she looks like she is ready to go. She'll do that. Yeah. No worries. She'd do oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then he goes up and makes his makes the exchange, and I'm absolutely in ruins at this point. Like, I know. When you see the hood taken off, yeah. Fanning, and she's okay. She's a bit dirty and grubby, but she's all right. Yeah. And she goes running to her, and she's like, crazy. Uh, and yeah. And you've spent this whole time. You know, fixated on the the loss of this wee blonde girl, and then it, it, for me it was when I saw the blonde hair with the hood, James. You know, like the hood came off yeah, and the blonde yeah, yeah. hair, and 
Denzel plays it amazingly. Just, you know, so he's good. got there. He's got there. And he's on his knees by this point, isn't he, when she reaches yeah, him on the... Yeah, he's barely alive still. Oh, it's brilliant. I'm, I'm going to go now. It's that good. You know. Yeah. Um, and she, and she, says, he, she says to him, I love you, Creasy. Oh, I know. And then she's like, you love me too, don't you? And he's like, with all my heart. And like a single tear rolls. Oh, God, oh, man. Absolutely destroyed by this Dear point. And the score's me. coming up and like... Gregson Williams is knocking it out of the park at this stage. Everyone's like. knocking it out of the park. Yeah. Uh, and um, then she says something, you know, um, is it time to go home? He says, yeah, you're going home. Where are you going? I'm going home too. Uh-huh. Uh, stop. Make yeah, it stop. Because well, he's, he's been ready to die from the off, Oh yeah, he? yeah. So this yeah. is just, yeah. The last thing he wanted to see was her alive and he's got it. Uh, I mean, I know it's it's sad. Creasy then going on, but how can anyone feel shortchanged with this ending? I know. Well, do you want to know what the original ending was? What ooh, was the original ooh, ending? What was the original ending? Right, so the original ending. I'm so glad they didn't go for this because it would have absolutely... So in, in the end of the film, Creasy gets into the back of the car and he's staring out of the mountain and he, and, he, and he passes away in the back of the car or that's what we're led to believe. In the original ending, Creasy does not die in the car the two meet and chat for a while about the price of human life. Creasy continually looks down at his watch. When the timer reaches zero, Creasy smiles, then the entire house explodes. This implies that Creasy used the rectal bomb that he used on Fuentes earlier. Oh <laughs> on himself? <laughs> yes. Oh! I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I would have loved that. <laughs> It wouldn't have had quite the emotional impact. No, it wouldn't. No. If your hero is exploded by a bomb that he shoved up his own ass. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Scott cut the scene because he felt it did not fit with the tone of the film. Uh, that's probably yeah, yeah. I need to go back on the Blu-ray then. I don't know if they've shot that. Oh, if they've shot that this. Fortune. I want to see these things. I want to see the outtakes from these moments. And Mark Antony decapitating Jordan Calfus. Yeah, I want to yeah. see this business. Oh, I might do that after this. Um, yeah. I'll go down and get yeah. the Blu-ray out. And but, I mean, he, <laughs> um, yeah, Creasy, uh, in which sense, you know, he dies a much more peaceful death <laughs> uh, in the in the back of the car. No rectum bombs this time. Just, uh, just. <laughs> you have that scene on the bridge exactly as it is, right? And then there's another five minutes where your hero gets exploded by a bum bomb. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, and I like that because um, I like the fact that he died, um, you know, he didn't die naturally, but, um, you know, it was a gunshot after all. But he, it wasn't like yeah. he was he was killed violently by them, you know, by the, the main villain yeah. of the piece. I like the fact that um, they didn't get that satisfaction in the end. He had his own destiny, his own moment yes. to meet his maker. I liked, I really like that. Yes, he went as peacefully as a man like John Creasy could go. So the homies that we lost, John Creasy. Yeah, pour out for me. <laughs> Honestly, absolutely amazing. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I mean, that's the end of the movie. I mean, what was your favourite bit? Oh, my favourite bit. I've got two distinct bits, so quite contrasting bits. So one of my favourite scenes is after the swim meet when Peter and Creasy go for lunch with Chris Walken and his family. Yeah. And uh, she gives him the necklace, the patron saint of Lost Causes, oh. with some nice foreshadowing there. Yeah, and, like, yeah. Him being really choked up by that moment. But I love this really great moment of improv where he goes, uh, where him and Walken are just having a conversation and Denzel asks if he could give his wife a kiss on the cheek. 
and he goes and does it, and Walken goes, hey! Right. And then they just start cracking up. And it's just them two just trying to entertain Dakota Fanning, as far as I can tell. Yeah, I can yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just brilliant. And then the bit when he takes out Fuentes' minders with a rocket launcher. Yes. And then when he comes down onto the street and he's just walking into the gunfire, he doesn't care at all if he... If he gets capped, he's almost robotic at this stage. Yeah, no yeah. fear at all. Cool concentration. Absolutely, absolutely slaying these guys in the streets. So two contrasting moments, <laughs> equally powerful. Yes, I would yes. say. I'd agree. Sorry, mine was like it was. It was a bit in in the sort of first half of the movie with a relationship building of uh, Peter and Creasy was was a bit where he's driving her home from somewhere, and they're they're, they're stuck in traffic. They're stopping and starting at traffic lights and Denzel's just getting really flustered and he's he's thinking something's about to happen. It's like mm. a precursor to what, you know, the thing you're expecting of her getting kidnapped. And yeah. this is the bit where it sort of falsely sets up that this is where she's going to get kidnapped. She's in the back talking about how she loves him and, and uh, you know, they're best friends and all that. And and he's trying to be professional and he, he's saying, no, we're not friends. I'm just a professional, you know, minder. And she gets out the car and he shits it and she gets in the back and it's all fine. But it's just that, that ho- the way that whole scene shot and the way his head is going, he's listening to her and he's trying to engage her in conversation while all this craziness is going on outside. Like she's she's oblivious to all this, but his head is going, she's about to get, okay, something's about to happen. You yeah. Know, there's something dodgy going on. And just that whole scene is shot so well and now there's this really rumbling tension going on. While you've got this really benign conversation between them two, but then you've got this crazy editing and shooting going on, and it's just so so well done. Yeah, that, I I love that bit. Really, really stuck out for me. It was amazing. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, no, I um three as it happens, three really good bits there. I'm all of which you know. I mean, there's so many bits in this movie that I really liked, but the grubby little action fan that I am really liked the C4 in the chocolate store. <laughs> <laughs> when the uh, the dude got blown up from within, <laughs> the chocolate um, store. <laughs> so in this episode, we've had C four in the chocolate I... store and bomb up the bomb, no harm done. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, I thought that whole whole scene was brilliantly played, brilliantly acted by both men. It's a particularly nasty way to go. Um, it also plays with that. Um, you know those machos characters. Macho characters wouldn't have liked yeah, anything yeah. like that. You know, like like that corrupt police chief. That what happened to him would not sit well yeah. with his sensibilities. But the whole, you know, the five minute timer, the escalating yeah, stakes, the way the inter- interrogation panned out. It's absolutely brilliant, and it is topped off by having you know an explosive in a bottom. So that wins for me. Denzel walking away from said explosion in slow motion <laughs> as fecal yeah, matter yeah, rains down on the car. Do you not think as well, like the the in, the it's inference that uh, he was bluffing and that he didn't actually do anything? Yeah, because yeah. I was going, he's like, he's not done this, and then yeah. he's like, yeah, like, yeah, oh, no, yeah, yeah, he has. no, yeah. <laughs> and I like that because Denzel, you know, at that point, oh, he'll do anything. Yeah. He will do anything. I mean, there's no need for him to stick a bomb up the guy's ass at all. Is there? <laughs> like... <laughs> There's a million other things he could do with uh, it. You've tied him to a car as it is. Just put it next to him. He's not going to do yeah. anything. <laughs> put it put it in the bonnet. Don't, don't do that. Oh, don't put great. it up his bonnet. <laughs> um, with that in mind. Well, not with that specific thing in mind. 
<laughs> that image. Uh, for your reconsideration, gents, what do you think? Uh, oh, uh, you know, absolutely. I mean, this was for my consideration rather than reconsideration because I'd never seen it before. Um, <laughs> yeah, true. I, I, I loved it. I just loved how visceral it was like the whole way through. I loved the first half relationship building was my favourite bit. I, I really loved uh, the two of them. I thought Denzel Washington and Dakota Fanning were so good in this. It's unbelievable how to to know you know to see how old she was and how mature her performance was and how excellent it was. And then the way it looked and the way it felt was brilliant. And I don't know if you guys have have you ever played Max Payne three? No, yes. I haven't. But I'd like to have. Yeah. So that was like a I think it was like 2012 or something. A, a video yeah, game from yeah, Rockstar. Yeah. One of my favourite games ever, actually. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. It borrows heavily from this film. It does, yeah. When I played that game, I had no idea. You know, I didn't know what this film... You know, as we know, I'd not seen it. But right. then watching it, I was like, this is basically Max Payne 3. The only difference is that's in Brazil and this is in Mexico. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, I guess. Yeah, it certainly is. Yeah. Mm. It reminded me so much of that. And I just thought that not enough credit was given to the ballsiness of... Tony Scott and the really bold creative decisions they made in terms of production of it. Yeah. As I say, I thought the 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 editing style of it may have been a bit too much. Yeah. Uh, you know, it could have been dialed down a wee bit. But that's for me, that's like the only negative for me. I I don't know why you can go into this and give it one star. I yeah. It's 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 fantastic. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, it's bomb up the bum. I think people really took exception to bomb up the bum. <laughs> <laughs> A line was crossed in 2004. Uh, James, I'll leave you with the last word on this one because it was yeah. your pick. But um, for my money, definitely reconsider this. Um, I cannot understand for the life of me why um, film critics would give this such a hard time. Apart from, you know, we talk about possibly a Tony Scott hatchet job. Um, but surely the job is to look at a movie objectively on its own merits. Here you've got an amazing cast doing brilliant, brilliant work. You've got a filmmaker on top of his game trying something new and doing something brilliant. You've got a great script. I you know, I think there are a lot of good lines in this. Um, and it also um, is extremely thought-provoking. Um, and at the time, and probably present as well, very topical. In terms of hitting its marks and delivering what a film like this sets out to do, it nails it on every point i mean it's emotional it's it's probably more affecting and more emotional than a film like this has any right to be oh, yeah. oh definitely um, and definitely yeah it, it's and that is that is strictly down to well a number of things really but is i'm going to say that it, denzel and um dakota fanning were superb here um and i haven't seen a, a child uh, grown-up actor this isn't a child parent dynamic either this is a platonic child parent dynamic i've never seen one better in any film i don't think and definitely not one as affecting as this i would urge anyone if you've not seen it uh to reconsider to consider it if you have seen it reconsider it and ignore all these chumps giving it one star and that's just a joke yeah Absolutely. And if you do want to watch uh, Man on Fire and you have a Amazon Prime video uh, subscription, you can watch it on there as part of your subscription. And I'm sure the Blu-ray and the DVD is widely available and fairly cheap as well if you want to get into that. Obviously, it's my pick. I love it. Uh, honestly, if this film were 15 minutes shorter, I'd be giving it five stars. Tony Scott brings his A-game to this material. He's using every trick in his stylistic book. He creates a distinctive-looking and deeply effective thriller. He's helped in no small part by two magnetic central performances from Washington and Fanning. 
their on-screen relationship really elevates this above just your run-of-the-mill revenge flick. And for me, it has an ending that will hit you like a sledgehammer. It's just great. I always cry when I watch this film. Every single time. I must have seen it multiple times and yeah. I was choking up watching it and this must be my 10th or 15th time watching it. I know exactly what's going to happen, but every time I hope they get off the bridge together and they never do. Oh. Oh, no. oh. I, I'm surprised. I, like, so this is like, you know, in your sort of bracket of your favourite films, James. No, no. In terms of this type of film, like you know, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say this. it's not in my all-time top ten. No, I probably sort of it's it's certainly my favourite Tony Scott film, along with Crimson Tide, which is another Denzel, Tony Scott joint. <laughs> I think I think this is a it's just an amazing thriller. I think I think it really elevates above the type of material. The plot is not that different from Commando. But it's elevated, yeah. which is also a great film in its own right. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the performances and the acting here really elevate it into something quite special, I think. But yeah, no, it's not in my all-time top ten list, but I do enjoy it, and I will always go to bat for it. Nice, nice. So that is unanimous. Uh, Man on fire, go check it out. Um, whose pick is it next week? Is it mine? Is it mine next week? Oh, it is mine next week. It is. It, yeah, yeah. I think it might be. Yeah. What have you got cooking for us? Um, if I'm correct, uh, oh, we're in for a doozy. It's, um, you know, you know, James, you said this wasn't in your top. The film I'm picking next is in my top three films of all time. I love <gasps> this movie. Oh my god! <laughs> I love this movie. How does it qualify? How with all qualify? my heart, uh, we've got a heavily mulleted Kurt Russell. Uh, in a vest oh, and some boots, yeah. giving some one-liners left, right, and centre. John Carpenter's classic, classic, classic. Uh, Big Trouble in China next week. I yes, cannot get wait it. to watch this Ooh, film again. Yes. I mean, I could probably quote this film verbatim right now. I don't need to watch it again. <laughs> I cannot wait to watch this again. Uh, so yeah. uh, I can't wait. I'm so excited. Uh, so yeah, tune in next week, everybody. Um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, let's chinwag on Twitter at FY Film Pod. Invade our inbox at reconsiderpod at gmail.com and stop mollycoddling those five star reviews. They'll never grow if you keep them to yourself. Let them breathe. <laughs> Send them our way. See you later. Say goodbye, boys. Peace. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Lovely. I don't know why we sailed into parenting advice there. I think, judging from the, you know, the earlier comments, we're in no position to be given that out. <laughs> <laughs>